Thank you for joining us as we bring you this worship service of 7th Avenue Presbyterian Church. Our readings this morning are from Exodus chapter 32 verses 1 through 14. The Reverend Dr. Leslie Veen is preaching this morning. Her sermon is titled, Seeing is Believing. As we continue to worship and gather virtually, a heartfelt thanks to everyone who has helped make that possible. We are especially grateful for the gift of singing, which would not be possible to do in person. So a special thanks to our Director of Liturgical Music and Media, Luba Kravchenko, and our sound engineer, Samantha Kostick, and all those who have offered their harmonies and instrumental overlays. We are also grateful for the diaspora who now is able to worship and gather with us regularly. Sitting at home, one might not necessarily know that there is a whole community of us still connected. So as we worship again this morning, I invite you to imagine the many faces of our community as we remember the gift of one another. You'll find the link to our complete announcements in your email. One highlight. Today at 11.30 a.m. on Zoom, Carol Campbell will be facilitating the first in a three-part perspectives class titled Roots, Identities, Blind Spots, and Visions. We hope that you'll join us for that. And now, in preparation to worship, you are invited to quiet yourself, becoming still, as you prepare to worship God. Stand firm in God who loves us. Rejoice in the Holy One who is always near. Approach God with thanksgiving. Letting go of all worry. Let us worship the God of peace. Who names us beloved. And gathers us as a people. Alleluia. Amen.
Let us pray. God of peace, our world and our lives are often in turmoil. And in the midst of this, you invite us to release our worries, to live into your peace. When we do this, we are grateful and astounded at the abundance we find. When we remain tangled in fears and concerns, forgive us, release us, and turn us back to the path of peace. Now in silence, we continue our prayers to you. Nothing is so broken that God cannot restore it to wholeness. No one is so distant that God cannot draw near. Trust that reconciliation is always possible. Through the love of God, we are forgiven, embraced, and welcomed home. Alleluia. Amen. A reading from the book of Exodus, chapter 32, beginning with the first verse. In preparation to hear these words, let us pray. God, source of all light, by your word you give light to the soul. Pour out upon us the spirit of wisdom and understandings that our hearts and minds may be open to know your word for us this day. Amen. When the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people gathered around Aaron and said to him, Come, make gods for us, who shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, 
We do not know what has become of him. Aaron said to them, Take off the gold rings that are on the ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people took off the gold rings from their ears and brought them to Aaron. He took the gold from them, formed it in a mold, and cast an image of a calf. And they said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it, and Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow shall be a festival to God. They rose early the next day and offered burnt offerings and brought sacrifices of well-being, and the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to revel. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God.
A continuation from the book of Exodus. Listen for the word of God. God said to Moses, Go down at once. Your people, whom you brought up out of the land of Egypt, have acted perversely. They have been quick to turn aside from the way that I commanded them. They have cast for themselves an image of a calf and have worshipped it and sacrificed to it and said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. God said to Moses, I have seen this people, how stiff-necked they are. Now let me alone so that my wrath may burn hot against them and I may consume them, and of you I will make a great nation. But Moses implored God and said, O God, why does your wrath burn hot against your people whom you brought up out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say, it was with evil intent that he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce wrath Change your mind, and do not bring disaster on your people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants, how you swore to them by your own self, saying to them, I will multiply your descendants like the stars of heaven, and all this land that I have promised I will give to your descendants and they shall inherit it forever. And God changed God's mind about the disaster God planned to bring on God's people. Here ends the reading. What's your reaction when you hear this story about the Hebrew people creating a golden calf? Perhaps you, like me, think, How could the Hebrew people get it so wrong? How could they so quickly turn from God? This story follows on the heels of so many stories where God has provided for them, getting them out of Egypt, bringing them through on dry land, providing for them as they go along the journey to what has been promised to them. It's easy to think, where is their faith? Perhaps you, like me, think, if this were me, I would have more faith and patience. But as soon as I think that, I have to stop and ask myself, is that really true? Would I really have more faith and patience? I have to be honest that we benefit from more information. Our story this morning gives us a split screen. We see the people with Aaron at the bottom of the mountain not knowing what's going on, but we also see Moses up on the mountain with God. We get to see both sides of the story. And not only that, we know how the story ends, not just in this occasion, but in the longer story of God and God's people. We know that God is the God of steadfast love and comes through for them again and again as God comes through for us. We benefit from hindsight. That makes it easier to say, I would have more faith and patience 
than those Hebrew people did. I think that the reaction that these people had was totally understandable. If we think about it, they were recently liberated. And while this sounds like a good thing, because they are no longer slaves of the Egyptians, they are able to be their own people, and they are able to openly worship their own God, it comes with a lot of downsides. They no longer have homes. They've been wandering in the wilderness. They no longer have stable food and water, although God has provided when they have pleaded for it. They're new at being a people together. People who had been spread out and working for others now are coming together and day in and day out have to figure out how to get along with one another. And they're new at being able to worship their God. Before it had been done in private and in secret, now they have to establish whole new rituals and understand what it means to be God's people. All of this hinges on Moses. He's been the main person leading this whole movement. It's because of him that the whole exodus came about. The Hebrew people were not happy with the situation, but they were suffering and putting up with it until Moses came along and started stirring the pot. I can imagine that there were more than a few who were like, please, Moses, keep, keep it quiet. Don't do that. Don't stir things up. But Moses confronted Pharaoh again and again and ultimately was able to gain liberation for God's people. It was Moses who led them out of Egypt and brought them into the wilderness in pursuit of the promised land. For them, for the Hebrew people, Moses embodied God. God was working through Moses. God was speaking through Moses. And Moses spoke on the people's behalf to God. Moses was their mediator. And now, Moses is gone. Or so it seems. Moses has gone up this mountain, and they have no idea what's happened to him. All kinds of things can happen when you go hiking up a mountain. You can fall. There can be beasts out there that get you. Who knows? Perhaps even he had grown tired of the responsibilities and had decided to go another way and leave them alone. They had no idea where Moses was. All they knew was that Moses was gone. And this left them feeling abandoned by God. Because their very embodiment of God in the form of Moses had disappeared. Their mediator was no longer with them, was no longer there to speak to God or for God, for the Hebrew people. They are a traumatized people. And in the disappearance of Moses, they are further traumatized. Their wandering to this point has been very difficult. And now they feel like they have been left to die in the middle of nowhere. For them, they needed something. They needed something 
physical, something that they could touch and see to remind them that they were God's people and that God was with them. And so they turned to create something new, something that they could put in front of them that would help them to remember, something that they could use to help them create new rituals to remind themselves that they were God's chosen people. In the face of the disappearance of Moses, they pick themselves up and they try to find a way, a way forward through this haze. They are really just being realistic and practical if we think about it. I mean, they can't just sit there and not do anything. They're trying to find a way forward and they use what's at hand for them. They turn to Aaron, the priest, and say, please help us. The person who had been our mediator to God before is gone, so maybe now you can take that place. And our embodiment of God is gone, so maybe you can help us create something that can be the embodiment of God for us, this golden calf. Aaron had been helping Moses lead, so it's a, a natural thought that he might be able to help them lead forward from this place. He takes up that mantle of leadership. That shows that even he was wondering where Moses was and didn't have confidence that Moses would come back. Together they create a new symbol of the embodiment of God. While this is an understandable thing to do, I think it's very misguided. Everything they do makes logical sense. I can't really blame them for the actions they take. I think I probably would have joined right in with them if I had been in a similar situation. Where they erred is in their need to control the situation. Whenever we get to that place of needing to control, we are not letting God be God. They took the place of calling the shots for themselves because they had given up hope and had given in to despair. From that place of despair, they were acting. And that's never a good place to act from. How have we, like the Hebrew people, given up hope for despair? We can just look around us. This whole year of 2020 has given us more than we could ever count on <laughs> to push us from hope towards despair. This ongoing pandemic, the ongoing killing of black people, the just absolute mess of the political situation in our country It almost seems naive in the face of all of these different things and so much more to hold on to hope. How can one hope in the face of so much suffering and chaos? But that is what we are called to do. We worship a God of hope. 
God promises to be with us no matter what the trials are that come our way. God promises to provide for us, to bring people alongside of us to help carry the load. When we give in to despair, we keep God from doing that for us. Giving in to despair is a sort of way of taking control by not letting God in. We become self-sufficient. We think that we have to do it all for ourselves. We don't let others in. We don't let others know that we need help. We don't let ourselves be there for others who are possibly needing that helping hand as well. When we focus so intently on the hard stuff of life, we miss the glimmers of hope trying to break through. This passage, like so many in our Bible, call us to let go, let go of that need for control, to open our hands, to open our hearts to receive God's love. We need to make space for God. We need to open our eyes and our ears to the ways that God is providing. We need to be open to recognize the ways that God is trying to be there for us and the ways that we are not allowing God to be there for us. Who has God brought around you? Who are those people that are glimmers of hope? What services are available to you that help get you out of that dark place. When we open our hands and our hearts, when we open our eyes and our ears, we will truly be able to see and believe. We'll be able to see and believe that our God is the God of steadfast love. We will be able to see and believe that God has not abandoned us. And when we are able to see and believe that, we will be able to spread that hopeful word far and wide. That is what it means to be God's people, to be a people of hope in a world that so desperately needs it. May we be glimmers of hope for ourselves and for our hurting world. Amen. We believe in a God of covenant who gathers us together in love. We believe in a God of compassion who honors our questions and doubts, using them to draw us close. We believe in a God of action whose work continues in, through, and for us. This we believe. Amen.
We are called to love one another, and one of the ways we do that is pray. So let us join our hearts together, offering prayers for the world, for the whole human family, and all of creation. God of hope, we give you thanks for the gift of perspective, and for the reminder of the greater community of which we are a part. For the plants and animals living with us, we pray for their well-being. We pray that the air might clear and that the soil might soon feel the relief of water. Learning how to get along with one another continues to be a growing edge for us. So we pray for your gifts of compassion and steadfast love that they might uplift our siblings near and far, those who are struggling in despair, those afraid of who will be elected into positions of leadership. Enable us to find strength in one another, that we might also remember the magic of jubilation, the taste of happiness, and the warmth of friendship. And now in silence, we continue in prayer to you. We make this prayer in the name of the one who taught us to pray, saying, Our God, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, 
as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. open to seeing the many ways God seeks to bless you. And may you be open to receiving those blessings so that you can be a blessing to God's broken and hurting world, this day and always. Oh, oh, oh.
And may the grace of God who created you in love, the peace of Christ who teaches it is possible to be love, and the power of the Spirit who calls you ever forward into new experiences of love be and abide with you this day, this week, and evermore. Amen.